mom's a hardcore. Flavortown! <laughs> Were you making your noises? Yeah. I can't hear them. For some reason, really? like when you make the noises, I can't hear. I can hear you talking and I just can't hear your pew, 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 pew. Okay, you want to hear, you want to hear something crazy? Okay, so shout out to Julian who is listening, telling me that apparently sometimes if I screech too loudly in zoom it like mutes the, the pews oh really <laughs> so it's like a built-in safety device that's like trying to like not hurt everyone's ears or something i guess so so <laughs> because yeah i hear you totally when you're talking normal but when i really want to hear your uh guns of excitement i can't hear you at all <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, yes, everyone just know that Debbie is doing excitement guns, even yeah. if they don't come through on the Zoom. <laughs> They're shooting into the air at my fan. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going, Debbie? Uh, it's going. I um, It's so Charlie, you know, he's like really into makeup right now. And I have like a little makeup kit for him. Um does it have toddler makeup or real makeup? It's, you know, mostly wet and wild, you know, okay. the do- dollar makeup. Um, but um, Dylan bought him a uh, toddler or kid uh, nail polish that's like non-toxic. But the like lipstick and stuff is all wet and wild or, or like old. <laughs> when I used to do Ipsy or whatever, one of those like makeup subscription things, uh, there's like you know, some colors I didn't like, uh, in there. And it's so funny because he'll like put it all over his face and then he'll start putting it on his arms and his legs. And then like you look away for two seconds and all of a sudden it's like covered on his hands and he touches everything and there's like red glitter everywhere, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So John was cleaning that up while I was, um, making sure Otis doesn't get in anything and then um so at your house it's like there was like a a drunk girl who came home and forgot to take her makeup off and then fell asleep on the couch that's exactly (laughs) how it is there's so much glitter i i love glitter i don't mind but sometimes i just don't want it smeared in (laughs) like all over mirrors and stuff and that's kind of what charlie does so yeah <laughs> totally i mean it is hard to get makeup off of stuff i do not personally own any like real makeup remover um and i always struggle so i can imagine um i'm wearing some wet and wild lipstick today there i love wet and wild i yeah. still love it because i never like know i'm not like okay i love makeup but i'm not like knowledgeable enough or rich enough to like go to Sephora just to like try something out, you know? Yeah. 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 So like, I will like get something at like a nice makeup store if I like know that I want it. But if I'm just like in the mood to like try something, I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like wet and wild $5. Sure. You know, yeah, that's so I love wet and wild. Um, I wanted to say 
Um, and I think that we should discuss this. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is also of interest to Debbie's husband, John. Um, the uh, Some of the workers from John's union on the set of Worst Cooks in America, my alma mater, are on strike. Yeah, I'm OK. I know, I know you probably feel the same, but I love that everybody's going on strike. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. John sent it to me today. Someone else has already sent it to me. And I just said, we love to see it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone should go on strike. I think a general strike is um, necessary. Um, but I'm I'm very happy. And it was a long time coming. I feel like not just for worse cooks, obviously, but I think the entire reality television. Oh, Yeah. Well, did you know that this is obviously a little bit different, but um, that there's like some movement right now for reality TV, TV stars to make yeah. a union? Yeah. Um, which is also like a big deal because when you are on reality TV, you have no rights. Um, like when we've talked to people so far from Top Chef, they seem like they like are like pretty well respected on that show. Like they te- treat them pretty well. But like... Um, when you are on reality TV, usually you make zero dollars. Like sometimes if you're on like an all-star thing, you make like a little bit or something, but like you usually make zero dollars to be in the show. And also like from my experience on Worst Cooks is that like everyone on the set besides the people in the show are in a union. So like there's like rules, right? So it's like the crew has to eat at these hours, you know, and like they ha- can only work this long without a break. But as the as like the cast, you have no rights. Yeah. <laughs> you sign away all your rights. And there was literally times, so like when I was on Worst Cooks, there was literally times when like, you, oh no, you obviously like they, you're like sequestered, right? You don't have your wallet or your, or your phone. You can't like run to the store to get a snack. And there was times when we'd be like filming all day and then the crew has to eat first. They like, go through the craft services first because it's like in their contract that like they eat at this time and the crew would go through the line and then we'd be there last and there would be like no food left. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. I mean, like they would like order us a pizza or whatever, but it really, you really do feel like you're like not a person. Um, and like, obviously, you know, like I think that like, I don't think that like, that the cash should be treated better than the crew or whatever. No, but I, I do think, think it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, you know, it's just in entertainment, people are just treated badly as we're seeing everywhere. Yeah. The actors and the writers and like reality TV kind of like people have like a little bit less. It's harder, especially as like the talent, because like you can't like, they can't say like, Oh, this is a union only show because like people aren't reality TV stars until they go on a show and get famous, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a little more complicated. Um, but um, I think that everyone who makes entertainment should be paid better. And that uh, I know our listeners are going to be shocked to hear this, <laughs> but I think that the fat cat execs up in their towers, they should be making barely anything. For real. So- <laughs> I mean, I, I really do subscribe to the, feel the feeling that the higher up you are, the less you do. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. And people say like, oh, you earn it. And like, to some extent, like you do, I guess. Yeah. But also it's like, you don't like, you know, you see those memes or wherever it's like Bezos makes like, you know, like 
a million times what his workers make or whatever. He doesn't work a million times harder. You know, it's not like, um, it's really a ridiculous thing. Um, and yeah, so. I have a quick question for you. And it's something that I've been meaning to ask you. Did you, did you get a per diem? No, you get literally nothing. Um, oh. I know. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I got something because I got $25,000 because I won, um, which took months and months of me harassing them to actually get the money. <laughs> um, but um, uh, but most people get literally nothing. Um, and then this is like only tangentially related. But like, so after I was on Worst Cooks, I got like by the producers, I was like, uh, got invited to do some like talking head work on um like i was on like some like uh, they had like these like tv guide shows where it would just be like the craziest things that celebrities said you know and like i would go in and give them some sound bites and they would say like you know like rachel worst cooks in america season one and um so i did that for a while i was going in like once a month to do these things and that was totally unpaid and (gasps) at one point when they asked me like can you come back i was like yeah but i was wondering can i like get like a stipend to cover my time and they said no um but i still went back because I was like, well, I want to be on TV, you know? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, it's just like, isn't that crazy? That Um, is crazy. Because obviously, yeah. Yeah, I just, especially if you're sequestered and you can't, like, be at work or whatever. Yes, totally. And also, it's just like... I, when I was on Worst Cooks, right, it was a long time ago. It was film 2008, air 2010. So, like, I didn't even get to, like, have, like, the benefit that people on reality TV have now where you get, like, a bunch of Instagram followers or something. (laughs) (laughs) Back then, I mean, I got this prize money and I'm very grateful for it. But, like, back then, the people on these shows literally got nothing besides their friends and family being like, oh, you're on TV. That's cool. Or, like, a little bit of recognition. Or, like, these old TV stars, like, they could, like, the super famous ones could, like, get some kind of endorsement deals and stuff. But now, like everyone, like if I was on Worst Cooks now, like I wouldn't get a million followers, but I'd probably get like, you know, 10,000 Instagram followers or something, right. you know? And like some free swag, you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, like you have that, like that's why that's what people get from Instagram now is they get like, they, I mean, because they're on reality TV, they can like get this like small career, small following, you know, like if I, yeah, if I had 10,000 Instagram followers, we could do a Patreon, you know, (laughs) you know, like that kind of thing. But like, it's so funny to think about that, how like it's, um, people really, it is just like, I guess people want to be on TV, which is a whole thing. And I mean, and I did of course want to be on TV. Um, and like, you know, I had a good time. I learned how to cook from Amberell, blah, 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 blah. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I'm happy to see anyone on strike. People were sending me that a few times because of the worst cooks thing. Um, and, um, I was wondering if anyone thought I was going to be like, Oh no, not worse cooks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm always, uh, behind the workers in any situation, exactly. of course, exactly. which I hope is, is, uh, is clear by now that we are, that is the, the, uh, the vibe of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know if Debbie could just see, but I just, 
took some, uh, had to take the crushed red pepper and move it away from my cat. Good call. Um, <laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, but so, Debbie, should we talk about the bear? Yes, we should. I know that you said that this episode made you cry. Totally. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little emotional. My, my, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to talk about it, but my, my dog did pass away. So like I do my, I'm a little bit more sensitive about like feelings stuff, <laughs> but this, I feel like this episode in particular was pretty emotional. It was emotional. I mean, I just think at this point, like they've done such a good job in this season of like setting up all the characters and their motivations that like it takes very little to like push me over that edge of like the feelings, you know, Um, because they've just like all the characters have been so good this whole time. Um, And yeah, we should we should uh, speaking of your dog, we should post a picture of Bubs on the Instagram um, so everyone can see Debbie's beautiful dog. Okay, so let's talk about the bear. Season two, episode eight, Bolognese. We're getting there towards the end. It's so good. Um, okay, so it op- the episode opens and Sid walks into this beautiful restaurant. And I was like, is that the bear? And it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they really done a lot. <laughs> it looks very nice. She caresses a beautiful wooden table and she looks around. Um and then Carmi is sitting on like a counter and Claire comes out in her underwear. Ew. Very sexy. <laughs> she has a nice butt. <laughs> the last time we saw these two together, they just kissed for the first time. Yeah. And now they are clearly full on boning. <laughs> they're doing it um they're hanging out and did you notice that this whole scene carmy was sitting next to a uh a container of tums which is interesting because at you know later on in the episode he's like chugging pepto-bismol too exactly so they have all these stomach medications all over everyone's (laughs) stressed out um but i like always I'm a big Tums fan. I actually had never had Tums until a couple of years ago when I was dating Spencer. And I had like, like my family was not big over-the-counter medication people. They did like, my mom would give me like echinacea. She would never give me like a Tum. So um, I was at uh, Spencer's house when we were dating and I had like a stomach ache and he was like, here, like have a Tum. And I was like, I don't know about that. And then I tried one and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, you didn't tell me this would work like this. <laughs> um, so now I love them. I used to be a big Tums fan. Uh, we were a big Tums household. Um, but then uh, my midwife uh, put me on to papaya chews. And Ooh. those were like, those are like my favorite now. So that is like the kind of thing my mom would give me. So that's like you get them at the health food store. I mean, I got my bottle on Amazon, but (laughs) okay. (laughs) But yes, I I imagine you would get it. (laughs) I'm like such like since I don't use Amazon, I feel like I am like sometimes I'm like living in the 19th century. You know, I'm like, which store do you go to? You know, it's really horrible because I don't want to give Bezos any of my money and like it's bad for the environment and all this other stuff. But oh, God, it's so convenient. I just can't. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing about is I am lucky because I never developed an Amazon habit. Yeah. So I know how easy it is, but I never had to like stop, you know? So I'm just like, you know, I'm set in my other ways. Um, I'm glad. It's like, I don't want to like, you know, have the, the first taste right. of Amazon. <laughs> um, okay. So Claire and Carmi are talking. He tells her about the fire suppression exam, which is the whole theme of the episode. Um and he's getting teary-eyed. He apologizes to her and he tells her that he that what they're doing is so nice and he's worried the other shoe will drop. And she says, she's like, no one is k- keeping track of shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's just like, this is the episode where I start to see like the criticism why people call her like the manic pixie dream girl. Because yeah. it's like, I know that it's like not about her. It's like the show's about Carmi, but she is definitely a little bit of just like... I'm just chill. Right. <laughs> and she's like, says all the perfect things and then saving yeah. lives. And she's like, Carmi, I'm just sexy here and it's going to be fine. Whatever right. you want is fine. Right, know? right. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to be mean to her. But, you know, it's, you know, she's supposed to be like this comforting presence for Carmi and yeah. she is. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're doing all, they're in like the, um, the fire suppression stuff. They're like looking at like the stuff, um, in the kitchen. And, um, I was like getting like really upset because I don't know if you heard, and I don't want to be a downer, but, um, in Forest Hills, which is the neighborhood next to me, there was, um, a fire, uh, last week or a few days ago that was in the apartment over a donut shop. Oh my God. And um, I don't think they know like the cause of it, but I was like seeing all this stuff about like fire suppression in restaurants. I was like getting like, uh, it was like uh, people in this apartment, like someone died above this donut shop. So um, I'm happy. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a towner. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay, I talked about um, my dead dog. So. <laughs> um, but I'm happy for the fire suppression test. I think it's important um, because I was just thinking it's like, yeah, you live above a restaurant in New York City. And like, if that restaurant catches on fire, you're screwed, you know? Totally. So Claire tells Carmi um, to break a leg. She says, break a leg, bear. And then they kiss and make out a lot. Um, there's a lot of making out between the two of them this episode. Um, and then we go to the opening montage of Chicago, all the scenes, the L. Um, and then we see Ibra, which this is the point where I started to like get like, <laughs> like <laughs> so early on. Ibra and Tina are the best. And Ibra, I have to say, is wearing a great shirt. Great shirt. Um, <laughs> It's like red and patterned. And I was like, I w- if I like saw that at like a Savers or like a thrift store, I would get that shirt. Oh, absolutely. I would tie it up into it like in the middle, you know, uh-huh. do like the little <laughs> crop top. <laughs> um, so Eber walks up to the bear and Tina is there and she's in like the, the to-go window that they have set up. Um, and she, and I love the, the little gender bending they do here where Tina said, not open yet, ma'am, to Ibra. And he's calling her sir. And it's very cute. Um, and Ibra says he's looking for Tina. They have like this coded convo where they're not talking about each other, but they are. And, uh, Tina calls Ibra an old bitch, (laughs) which I love. Uh, and he says, which is so sweet. He says he didn't want to change. Yeah. And I didn't like see this coming. Like, I feel like with the Ebra and Tina thing, you just like thought that like he was going to like 
get with the program, right. go to culinary school. But instead, they're just like, it's okay for him to stay the way he is, you know? Um, and like, he's like, instead of like having him big this fancy culinary school, they're going to have him like sell the old beef sandwiches that people liked at the beef in this side window. I am so thrilled because I, I know I've been talking a lot about this, but I was so worried that they were going to, you know, go too far from their roots. And I think this is such a cute idea of doing like, you know, the beef for lunch and then the bear for dinner. Yes. Yeah. It's so cute. And like, yeah, like, cause people love that sandwich, you know, like that was the thing is like, they were always struggling at the beef, but also it was always crowded. Like people like it there, you know? Um, so then Sid and Carmi are talking about the fire suppression test. Um, Sid says a lot of stuff. (laughs) And then she says the best offenses have the ability to reset and adapt on a dime. Um, and this is like a funny thing about her coach K book, you know, being like, she's like all, all into it. Um, and this is when we see Carmi chugging the Pepto. Um, so we know he's stressed out. Um, and I thought that like the Pepto and the Tums might like come back more, but yeah. n- not yet. He's just chugging it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have, this is like where I want to cry because I'm a, a Richie Stan. <laughs> Ricky, Richie walked in in a suit um, and he tells Carmi that he gets it. Um Cause in the last episode, like he was still saying like, I know you sent me here to punish me and all that stuff. And now he's just like, Carmi, I get it. You know, like he's like grateful for the situation now. Um, and, uh, they're showing a close up of the calendar. You can see the friends and families coming up. And, um, then they also show the close up of the balloon for the fire suppression test, which we've seen throughout the season. Um, Marcus is working on a dessert. Um, Sid gives him a hard time for not saying hi. And she tastes his dessert and loves it. Um, Carmi comes in and he talks about, and I love this. How He's like, oh, I was telling Claire about how my mom drove the car into the house. And I love that, how it's just like, the reason we saw that episode was because he was talking to Claire. Yeah. It was like, that was like the story, which is like so cute. I don't know that they like, they like weaved it in that way. Um, and you and I, after that episode, we're like, where are we going to see the cannolis come back? Yep, yep. And this is where we see them. Yeah. <laughs> see, we're so smart, Debbie. So, you know, we, he, he talks about what he's going to, he's going to flip the cannoli. And, yes. um, going to reclaim them it sounded so good yes mortadella cream parm shell rolled in pistachios amazing <laughs> like I, I want that right now <laughs> if i saw it on the menu i would definitely order that if oh. i saw savory cannoli on a menu for sure yeah um and i love that like marcus is like consulted in like the planning of that you yeah. know like he's he's one of them now yeah um you see Tina greeting the new hires and she's like in charge. She's doing it. Um, there's not like, a, Oh, should I be greeting them? Like, what should I be doing? She's, she's, she did it. You know, she she's it. there. And, um, Ibra is stocking up, um, on the old beef type stuff. You see him like putting like the, 
the bread into the thing, like from the olden times. Um, Richie walks in. Nat is on the phone. She comments on his suit. He sits and wants to apologize for everything. And she calls Gary in because she wants a witness. Um, I thought I did not love that part. <laughs> really? I mean, I love Richie's apology, but I, I I just felt like it was a little bit like, I feel like it could have been a more just like sweet moment. And it was a little bit, um, uh, you know, like a little bit played for comedy or something. Right, but right. It is a comedy, so I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can. That's the whole point. (laughs) But he has, but Richie's, um, but Richie says he didn't know where he fit in. He made things worse and he's sorry for taking things out on her and treating her like shit. And he says he's wearing a suit because it makes him feel better about himself. Yeah. Um, and Nat accepts his apology. Like she's obviously surprised. Um, and this is like such a cute arc for Richie. It was like, you know, we saw him in the five years ago thing where he just like was like looking for a job earlier the season. He didn't know his purpose. He was fighting this whole thing. And now he like really was like, he feels motivated. It's very sweet. Yeah, it is very sweet. And then when Fack walks in and asks if his sister, who Nat calls Frenzy Fack, can come. <laughs> <laughs> and Richie and Nat freak out and are like, no, Frenzy Fack cannot come. Um, so now we have to see Frenzy Fack, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, if they don't, if they don't show what her deal is, I will be very upset. I mean, you it's like the Chekhov's gun thing, you know, it's like <laughs> Chekhov's frenzy fact. <laughs> right. If you introduce a frenzy fact, you have to show us frenzy right. fact. I mean, we've already <laughs> met the other fact. Uh, the brother, uh, yes. and that was yes. delightful. Exactly. So I feel like we're 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 getting all this, and then we have like you know Claire has like talked about the facts. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously they're the, they're this like Chicago phenomenon. The right. facts. Um. So yeah, like a female fact, Ugh. we gotta see that. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. And uh, Nat says that Richie can help her interview front of the house. That's like uh, she accepts him um, because I was um, I was actually listening to one of our old episodes where Nat had been talking to Carmi about how they should give Richie like as little as possible to do. Oh, yeah. So now that she's like involving him in something important, it's like she sees that he's changing. Yeah. And he's a suit guy now. Exactly. He wears a suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he learned at um, at his uh, stage is wearing a suit is good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then, uh, Carmi, we see Carmi is showing Sid these beautiful drawings that are like Renaissance paintings (laughs) of his dishes. (laughs) Um, they really are like, it's, uh, I mean, I guess they had talked about that thing in that episode pot. They talked about how Carmi used to like draw clothes when he was in school. Um, so I guess he likes to draw because those were like actually good drawings. Um, and Sid is being weird. Like Sid is definitely like always like a little like suspicious of everything Carmi's doing at this point, you know. But in here, like when John and I were watching, this is where we kind of um, differed on our because he was um, when Carmi kept saying Claire, he was like, "Oh, it's good," and like the reactions of of Sid were like he thought that Sid was reacting positively in the beginning. 
And I was like, no, there's something up. Like, and I totally agree. Like, why does he keep bringing up Claire? Yes. She's not a chef. Yes. Um, exactly. So like, and I don't think that Sid has like romantic, uh, aspirations with Carmi. I just think that she's like paranoid about the restaurant and she doesn't want like anything getting in the way. And she feels like Carmi is like compromised or something. Um, and yeah, so when Carmi, that was the next thing I said, when Carmi was talking to Claire, Sid is like, eyebrow raise like yeah. you see her just be like what <laughs> um because she's like yeah because she's like oh i saw to claire and she made me realize blah 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 and if carmy just said like i was thinking and i realized blah 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 uh-huh. it would have been fine totally. but the fact that he's like claire told me you know where he should have just been like i was thinking about it because like yeah like i get it that you can have like a conversation with somebody and like it can bring you to a new level of understanding but it's not about them you know it's just like that they are like so yeah but i definitely i totally i feel like i agree with it that it's yeah. like they're in this like crazy time and it's like who's this new person you're taking adv- uh, advice from about the, your dish or whatever right right and it's cute like i you know the beginning of those relationships and you start talking about the person all the time and everything like that. But it's just so, yeah, nerve-wracking yeah. for two weeks <laughs> to open. Exactly. They've got a lot going on. Um, but then Carmi and Sid do that thing where they, like, immediately calm down and apologize. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like, everyone realizes that yelling at each other all the time helping them meet their goal. <laughs> right, right. So they do, like, they're, like, rubbing their chest. They're, like, yeah. calming down their heartburn or whatever. Which is, I love that. And I, I know it's good. It's cheesy for me to do, but I think I'm, I want to. <laughs> you want to rub your court. chest to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's such a great like signal or, you know, like some sort of signal. I mean, John and I don't really fight in front of Charlie that like, you know, we don't have like screaming matches or any, or it doesn't really escalate, but like, yeah, I just think that that's like a good tool in the future. Uh huh. Yes. No. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've done like uh, somatic therapy, uh-huh. which is you know, it's all like very like physical. You know, like uh-huh. feeling where you feel something in your body, and like like you know, like and it's and I do think that like a thing like that where you're like touching yourself somewhere, mm-hmm. like it helps. I do think so. Yeah. Um. You know, as they say, the body keeps the score. You know, so <laughs> yeah. you gotta. You got to get that score out of your body. It's um, true. <laughs> that's what they were doing. They're getting the wiping the score out. Yeah. <laughs> no keeping the score today. Um, so yeah. So Carmi is like, I don't know if she's my girlfriend. And Sid says, you need to decide. Um, and Sid tells him not to be shitty, um, which is great advice in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And obviously, she's being like, don't be shitty to Claire, but she's also being like, and don't be shitty to me by bringing all your drama in here. Just like right. make a decision, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Richie and Matt are interviewing people and Richie set up this little test with a napkin mm-hmm. um, and he's like pissed. Um, but here's what I was thinking. I understand what he's saying. But also, if you're to interview, you are not don't want to like insult the people interviewing you and be like, "You set my table wrong." Like maybe she was being polite. So I don't know about that. You know? Yeah. What did you think about that? I mean, as someone with OCD, 
You think you would have? You think you would have changed it? I totally would have just like started fiddling with it. Uh huh. Like maybe I would have said something like, "Oh, um, do you want me to set this for you or something yeah. like that?" Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then you could do it in like a polite way because, like, I yeah. just okay. I get it. I understand it. Um. And then Carmi walks into a room and Fack is hiding in there. He says, are you hiding? And Fack says, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is like Fack's big thing because he can't figure out the fire suppression. Um, and then Carmi asks Fack if Claire is his girlfriend. And I, this is like my favorite moment of the episode. And Carmi's just kind of like, how do I know? And Fack's like, I don't know how much you love her. <laughs> and then Carmi says, I don't know. I just love her a lot. which. I thought was very, very sweet. Yeah. Okay. So Richie is like, oh, it's a Sid. He's like, oh, like this would be nice for the line if it's not too intense. Obviously, this was um inspired by the every second counts thing at um the restaurant he was at. Um, but it's the it's the note from Mikey that he left Carmi, um, like his suicide note or whatever, basically. Um and uh, Fack and Carmi are drinking the Pepto. Everyone's drinking the <laughs> Pepto. Um, then we have the Cicero scene, which I felt like was like so unnecessary. Um, I feel like that this like the I understand you need the money plot line, but I feel like it's just like it's just like so weird. Cicero just comes in and he's like, "You need to have money," and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and like this whole thing about like. You know, she had to come out to his car and all this other stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know they have to raise the stakes, right? It's like if they fail this fire suppression test, they're ever going to lose everything. I get that. But also it's just like, that's like, I like Cicero in some scenes, but when like he just comes in to be like, remember money, <laughs> right. it's just like, okay. Like I didn't yeah. forget that they need to make money at that point, right. you know? Right. Um, I could have done without that. But then this is the best part of the whole episode, of course, is the next couple scenes. Um, when I, this is my favorite moment is when Ibra puts up the picture of Tina, Ibra, and Mikey. He like hangs it up near his little station, and like it's burnt. There's like mm-hmm. it, it, the, the edge is burnt, and Fack asks him why it's burnt. And then my favorite line of the whole episode: "It's because Michael was on drugs." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He just says so matter of factly. He's like, yeah, of right, course this right. picture of us is burned. Michael was on drugs. Right. <laughs> but that gives Fack his light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. And he says, Jewish lightning. <laughs> yeah. um, again, our favorite uh, slur they use in this show. Right. And he's running all around. He talks to Richie and he has this theory. His theory is that because Mikey was trying to burn down the restaurant for the insurance money, that he like turned something off. I couldn't really follow, mm-hmm. but that yeah. was all he needed to do to figure out how to, like when he figured out the why it wasn't working, he figured out how mm-hmm. to fix it. Yeah. Um, and then when the fire suppression guy arrives, he turns the gas on, tests the gas line, and he's counting down from 10. And it's this cool montage where everyone like sees their life flashing before their eyes. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like these beautiful moments. But <laughs> Fack, all he sees is like the <laughs> glove multiple times. <laughs> That's all that's in Fack's brain. Is <laughs> and they pass. And I don't know, at that moment, I pretty much cried too. And they passed the mm-hmm. test. 
John kept saying, this is the longest 10 seconds of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's a beautiful cookie montage. Carmi's making a steak. Richie's setting up the table. And then Carmi goes shopping to make dinner for Claire. And remember that Claire had said when they went to that party that no one had ever made her dinner. Mm-hmm. And we noted that Car- Carmi clearly had packed that away. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this is the way that he is uh, showing her that she's his girlfriend. He's making her dinner. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely, I wouldn't want my life to be any different. I have a great family. But it would be nice to have Carmi just cook me bolognese at home. You know, or <laughs> sure. I am lucky. This the, bolognese is one of John's signature dishes, so I am very lucky that I get. But does to he have, make the perfect fresh pasta and the little coils that Carmi had? He does not. I bought John um, one of those rolling pasta rolling machines at uh-huh. the beginning of the pandemic, and then it just kind of. You know, it's not the easiest thing. It's some most most of the time it's worth it, but like, yeah, it's a lot. You know, I know I have one too, and I never use it. It's just like you gotta like you know crank it to the counter. It's all this stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So um. But um. I also love to make bolognese. Um. And Spencer's a great cook. He cooks all kinds of things for me. Um, So, um, and then Claire comes in and kisses Carmi. And that's Mm -hmm. the end. (laughs) The end. So what do you think? Um, So I couldn't remember. Are there two more or four more episodes? I feel like there's four more. Two? Oh, really? How many episodes? I'm going to look it up right now. So we, uh, so I remember there was more than I thought, but I'm like, did I think there was eight and there's 10? Oh, there's 10. Okay. <laughs> I okay. remember that there was more. I originally thought there was eight. And then I thought there was 10. I was like, oh, that's more than I thought. But now <laughs> in my head, I'm like, now that I know it's 10, I'm like, oh, no, there's more than I thought. So there's going to be right. 12. But <laughs> that's just wishful thinking. Um, and then, I mean, I know that I'm ahead of myself. But after this is over, we'll do some interviews. But then it's almost time for Great British Baking Show. I was just going to say, I was like, wait, when does that start? It's like any moment now. It's in September for sure. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know the exact date because like... I don't, Netflix is like always, is not great about sharing that stuff in like a way that is like easy to see. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so we'll do that. And that'll be very exciting. Um, that'll be different because I'm not really a, um, I'm more of like a savory person. I don't really know. Like I know from Great British Bake Off, but like that's kind of why I like it. Cause like everything they do is so foreign to me, you know? Yeah. Same, same. Like I'm just not. I can bake if I really try hard enough, but I don't like to bake because it's too precise for me. Exactly. That's the thing that's so hard about it is like, I do think I'm like good at baking, like to some extent, but it's like, it's like cooking can be like relaxing. Baking is like not real. I know some people find baking relaxing. Um, I was watching this show, which I've told you about before called the um, Crime Scene Kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> And um, uh, one of my the podcasts I listened to, the Bachelor podcast, they had said that uh, Crime Scene Kitchen, that they're like always like talking about the ratings of shows on TV because they're all bad. And they said that yeah. Crime Scene Kitchen sounds like one of the fake shows from Thirty Rock. Um, <laughs> totally, it, it really does, right? Like it was just totally. like some like like little joke from Thirty Rock. But um, 
on that show, the most recent thing they did was they had to make, uh, one of the things they had to make was croissants. Uh-huh. And like, you know, to make croissants, you would do like, it's like roll out a whole sheet of butter, then fold the pastry. It looks so hard. And I'm just like, croissants are amazing. I'm glad someone does them, but I'm like, there is no way that I would ever have patience to do that. <laughs> no. Me neither. <laughs> to make it like a perfect flaky croissant. But yeah, I'm gr- I'm grateful that, you know, someone does it because yeah. I, I like them. Yeah, I love them. But yeah, same. Um, but so um, speaking of cooking, di- what did you make for dinner tonight or a different night? <laughs> so <laughs> tonight I made, um, there's this New York Times recipe. I, I cook a lot for the New York Times recipes because I... Uh, pay for the app. So I yes. feel like I need to uh, get my money's worth. I have to remember to ask you to screenshot me things if I ever need them. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, this goes for our audience too. I will certainly be happy to share the wealth. Um, but, <laughs> Don't but, arrest uh, us, New York Times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry to all the people. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's a, it was like a baked, peanut tofu with coconut lime rice and pickled peppers yum it's awesome i've made it before it's like one of my favorite uh like summary i love like a pickled there's arugula in it like it's like got all the things you know sounds extremely fresh but it's baked but also fresh like yes exactly like i feel like coconut and lime even when they're cooked they still taste like you're like eating something fresh you know right exactly it sounds great what about you well so we had leftovers tonight but last night i so what we had was leftovers what i made last night um last night i we're like um in financial trouble (laughs) not in trouble we're not in trouble but we do not have as much extra money as we usually do so like we try to like really like get like uh i wanted to make like vegetable heavy stuff this week because you know it's like vegetables are cheaper than the meat you know so um we did um i just got like a bunch of tomatoes at the farmer's market and um made a pomodoro sauce um and then i also like roasted a zucchini and like folded that in at the end. Um, But a Parmadero sauce is, I've never made one before. I've made a lot of tomato sauces from like Uh canned tomatoes, but I've never made just like a fresh tomato Pomodoro sauce before. It was so good. It's so Um, good. And like when I first pureed the tomatoes, I was kind of like, this is not going to taste good. Cause like, just like the parade tomatoes, they just like were kind of frothy. I was like, what? Right. They they turn kind of pink. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the the canned tomatoes that are very red or whatever. But then, you know, when you cook them, they taste good. <laughs> they taste good. Um, and then tonight um, we had the leftovers and it was even better. You know, like any tomato yeah. sauce sits in the in the fridge for a night, even better. So perfect. Yeah. Um, which is funny. I was reading a Kenji thing, of mm-hmm. course. Um, I was like reading and he was saying like, the hard thing about fresh tomato sauce is that it's such a battle because you want it to have the taste of fresh tomatoes, but mm-hmm. it tastes better when you cook it. So it's like, you have to get like the exact, you have to like ride the line of like cooking it enough for all the flavor to come out, but not so much that it like tastes like it's like any, to, like you want it to taste fresh. 
So, um, but I think I achieved it. Um, nice. But it's an interesting thought to think about, you know, it's like, because yeah. uh, anyway. <laughs> no, I, it's true. I mean, especially during the summer when, you know, tomatoes are at their best. You don't want to lose that. Exactly. So you don't want to cook them so much, but you want to cook them enough to bring out all their delicious flavor. Yes. So yeah, so I was happy about that. Um, And yeah, um, anything else you need to say before we uh, hit the road? (laughs) No. (laughs) My brain is just like, we're like, oh, the end of the episode. And my brain just wiped itself. (laughs) I feel like it sounded like like that you had like something to apologize for or something. Like I was like, Debbie, is there something that you want to (laughs) say? (laughs) But that's not what I meant. I'm just being awkward. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'll text you because um, I uh, we booked Sheena's birthday party, so I'll, you have to save yes. the date. Yes, <laughs> all right. I'm excited. Um, but for now, I think that it's time for us to pack, pack our, our knives, knives and go. go. <laughs> Bye. Good night.